0: Well, hey, Pastor Tim here, and welcome again to this living room version of Phoenix Bible Church. And in the spirit of the living room, uh, we had my son Ashman come in and read scripture. Hope you enjoyed that. Just to give you a little bit of a window into our lives, uh, every week I kind of have to shun my whole family to record these sermons, uh, and it was nice today not to do that, to be honest with you, and just invite uh, my son in and have him read scripture. And he did a good job, didn't he? Uh, and so I hope you were blessed by it. And we're going to dig into what he read. So you can go ahead and grab a Bible if you didn't already. First Peter 2, 9 through 10 is where we're going to be. Uh, and so get there. And as you get there, I'm going to give you a couple of updates and opportunities uh, really for us to be the church. Uh, one of them is tonight, uh, 7.30 p.m., Uh, something we've never done before, which is an all church Zoom call. And so uh, whether you've been coming to Phoenix Bible Church for years, or this is your first Sunday, we invite you to come. And a lot of it is, I just want to see your face. I'm tired of preaching to a camera and just seeing a lens. I want to see your faces and Zoom is the best we can do right now. And so uh, we'd love for you to join us. Uh, We'll just do 30 minutes, 7 30 p.m., 30 minutes. Join us. If the kids are in the room, great. If the kids are in bed, great. Uh, Whatever the case may be, we'd love for you to join us. And here's how to do that. Uh, You're going to get an email by 2 p.m. with a secure Zoom link. If you don't get our emails, uh, you need to sign up below this video to get our emails in general. Uh, but also so you can get this secure Zoom link to join us tonight to connect with one another. We're talking about today, uncommon community. This is a way to experience that uh, even tonight. And then tomorrow we have an opportunity to serve. Uh, A couple weeks ago on Easter, we did one of the, the, the favorite things we like to do around Phoenix Bible Church, which is receive an Easter offering where all the money that comes in We send out, and we send it out, if you remember, to Phoenix Christian School, the school right across the street from us, and students and families specifically who were previously relying upon the school for food, breakfast and lunch. uh, We sent uh, that money to provide food for those families during this time when they're not at school. And so we get the unique opportunity tomorrow to actually put food boxes in these families' vehicles as they drive up. Now, of course, we'll do that safely with a mask on and gloves and all those things. In fact, we have hours, uh, shifts, hour shifts, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. for you to participate in this so we can social distance and all of those uh, healthy, safe things. But we get an opportunity to be at the church. And so I would invite you uh, to sign up for that if you haven't already. Again, just a one-hour shift and come be the hands and feet of Jesus. And let's see love move in us, but also through us in these unique times that we are in. So I invite you to those opportunities and uh, today we are talking about uncommon community but last week if you remember we talked about unhurried life and one of the challenges I gave you was to be present and uh, for us as a family we we tried that out this week and the way we tried it out was with a puzzle. Now you need to know we're not really a puzzle family but uh, we took on a challenge in fact a really hard puzzle, from what I hear, a 500-piece puzzle that was Baby Yoda and Mandalorian. Now, if you've never seen this specific puzzle, which I'll picture it for you, it's a Baby Yoda leaning over the shoulder of the Mandalorian, and he's got this just big helmet. You see Baby Yoda, and then you see desert, and that's it. So what that means is beyond Baby Yoda, there's really no distinguishable colors, and everything kind of blends together, although it is Is different so it starts to be really hard to put it together in fact my wife kind of turned into like Smeagol from the ring Uh, it started kind of to overtake her and we started to think okay this be present and rest with the puzzle maybe it wasn't such a good idea but she just had to get it right and we all had to get it right And these different pieces at times they just wouldn't fit together and it was frustrating but let me tell you, when we got that puzzle finished, I will never see Baby Yoda the same again, right? When we got that puzzle finished and all these different pieces fit together, it was beautiful. And I why tell you that. Because the church is, is not much different than that. Right? You see, the church can be frustrating at times because, I don't know if you realize this, we're all different. Uh, and we don't always fit together perfectly. And so there's conflict and, and there's... Clashes at times, and that 's been throughout the history of the church, and sometimes, maybe even for you you 've thought, well, is it really worth it? Like, should I give up on the church? But you also see that these different pieces, when they fit together, it is beautiful. In fact, Scripture calls it the church, the manifold wisdom of God, the brilliance of God put on display that that happens through a, a different group of people who are fit together in Christ. And so we're going to talk about that today. In fact, our first point is a diverse yet unified community. A diverse yet unified community. We see that in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. So grab a Bible and head there with me. Uh, We'll start in verse 9. And I want to show you what Ashwin read. Uh, Four descriptions in verse 9 of the church. He He said it this way. Peter said it this way. That we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Now what's interesting about those phrases and those descriptions is those were descriptions to describe the Israelites, the Jewish people in the Old Testament. Now I don't know if you realize we're in the New Testament here and Peter's using Old Testament Jewish Israelite phrases to describe the New Testament church. In fact, he's pulling from Exodus chapter 19, where we see those exact phrases, a treasured people for God's own possession, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Peter is quoting Exodus 19 about the Jewish people. And so here's what's significant about that is Peter is broadening the scope of who God's people are. Of what the church really is. In fact, most scholars agree as Peter wrote this letter that he's writing not to primarily Jewish believers but Gentile believers, non- Jewish people, people of other ethnicities, really anybody but a Jew. That's who Peter is saying is a chosen race, a royal royal priesthood, a people called out for God's own possession. And so as readers in this day, again you got to put yourself in this day As they were to have read this letter about themselves, they would have read chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, and they would have thought, wait a second, Peter, are you sure? Like, I think you might be talking about the Jewish people, but not us. And Peter is emphatically saying that because he wants his readers to know, no, you're a part of that now. The church has been broad and the church is diverse. Listen, that's what makes the church so beautiful. My kids, uh, I read a book with them, and if you're a parent, I would encourage you to read it. Uh, it's called God's Very Good Idea, and the whole book is about diversity and how God's people are diverse, and it shows picture. The artwork is fantastic of straight hair and curly hair, people who ride bikes, and and people who uh, sell boats, and just all these different things, and how we're light skin and dark skin and all these different features, and yet we are God's people. And it was God's very good idea. Read that book with your kids, right? And that's one of my favorite things about our church, about Phoenix Bible Church, is none of us are the same. You know, maybe sometimes you've been frustrated with that. Uh, Maybe if you're honest, like your community group kind of rubs you the wrong way or people at church, when we were coming to a building, you just thought, man, nobody really talks to me, or I talked to that one guy, and it was kind of awkward, and you think, people, I just, I'm looking for somebody more like me in my season of life. Maybe you have said that, but you need to know, it's actually good that we are different, because scripture speaks about the church, not just here in the present, but in the future for all of eternity, as every tribe every tongue and every nation joined together, that different people unified together for all of eternity. So the next time you think, hey, I'm different than people around me, you need to praise God for that because here's what you're doing. You are practicing for eternity because the church is a diverse yet unified people. That's what makes it the manifold wisdom, the beauty of God, the brilliance of God put on display. All right, so we're diverse yet we're unified notice three times peter says people that he's referring to a group of people and it seems like he's referring to them being together like you are this and yet unlike some of the other letters in the new testament this letter from first from in, in first peter Is written to scattered groups of people. We know that as we go back to 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 1, where Peter says, he addresses the letter, he says, to the elect exiles of the dispersion, people that are scattered out. And then he begins to list different geographical places where these people are scattered. And yet, even though they're scattered, he talks to them as if they are gathered. Now, these people are scattered not being together under the same roof, and yet they are part of the church. Sound familiar? That's what we're experiencing right now. Like, you're in your living room and I'm in mine. We have people scattered across Phoenix in their houses. We're not able to, to be together, but we still are a unified people. That throughout Scripture, it doesn't describe a church as unified because they're under one roof. No, it describes the church as unified because they are the people of God, empowered by the Spirit of God. They are a community... Centered around the cause of Christ. right? We see descriptions like the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, the family of God, John 1, God's building, God's temple, 1 Corinthians 3. It's not talking about a, a literal building, it's talking about the people of God are now God's temple and God's building. What unifies us? is being a people of God, empowered by the Spirit of God in Christ, and so we're not unified by a building. And so I know for us, we're five and a half years old as a church, Phoenix Bible Church, and we've met in a few different buildings. In fact, when we first met, we met on Sunday nights at an old church building, historical landmark in Phoenix downtown. And then we moved to a school and set up and tore down every Sunday for church. And now we meet, and hopefully we'll meet one day again, in another old church on Sunday mornings. And uh, there was a time where my kids would refer to like that, you, you know, the old church, or we used to go to that different church. And what they were talking about is the school we met in, or that first building we met in. And to them, they were like, well, that was a different church, or we... And it was kind of confusing because their dad's a pastor. And so for a while, they just thought like, my, I guess my dad, church hops, <laughs> right? And, and I had to explain to them, guys, no, those were just the buildings. The church is the same because the church is the people, right? What unifies us is not a building. Now, disclaimer, because a lot of us are saying, and we should be saying, hey, right now, uh, the church can't be canceled because the church is the people, not a building, and that's true. But listen, the church is special when it is gathered, right? And one day we will do that again. But until then, we still we don't need a building to do that. Hebrews ten twenty five says, "Don't neglect to meet together, encourage one another, all the more as you see the day drawing near." And we can still do that, and it's important that we still do that. Don't go outside, read your Bible by yourself in isolation, not join us for this time on the living room, not give somebody a phone call, not join a community group and say, well, uh, pastor said the church is the people, and so I guess me by, by myself with my Bible, I'm a person, I'm the church. No, there still is a concept in Scripture of the church gathered. That's what makes up the church. It's people plural. It's people gathered together. Listen, until we can do that in the building, we need to do that however we can now. We don't need to neglect to meet together like Hebrews ten twenty five says. And, and he says specifically in Hebrews, all the more as you see the, draw, the day drawing near. That day is the return of Christ and the end times. And I don't know if these are the end times. Maybe you've asked that question like, man, a lot going on. Is this the end of the world? And, and to be honest, Nobody knows. Jesus made that clear, so we should stop trying to figure it out, right? Uh, But we should, in a difficult time, all the more meet together and encourage one another, right? That that some of you need to think outside the box, make a priority to join us for this time. This is already outside the box, right? Uh, And and join it uh, every Sunday, but also do some things you've never done before, like give somebody a phone call right? I know like your phone does more than Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, right? It makes phone calls like you can talk to real life people. Your phone's not just for Netflix binging and scrolling. Your phone can be used, like Hebrews 10 25 says, to to gather together and not neglect that by calling somebody and praying for them over the phone. Some of you have never done that before in your life, but listen, that is the church being the church. That's the church gathering, FaceTiming with a group of people and studying scripture together, uh, Zooming with your community. group. That's still the church gathered, and that's the diverse, unified church coming together. We can still experience that today, even in these unprecedented days. And so, how are you experiencing that? Are you casually jumping on this time and just sort of leaning back and grabbing your popcorn and just uh, consuming? or, Or are you participating in the diverse, unified people of God? You need to take a step in that today. God's called you into that, and that's what we see next. Our second point is that we are imperfect yet invited. So, we're diverse yet unified, but we're also imperfect, yet invited. If you look at the text again with me in 1 Peter, we see three contrasts that Peter gives of our transformation in Jesus. He says, we were once in darkness, but now we've been called out of that into the marvelous light of God. He also says, once you had not received mercy, we were under the judgment of God for our sin, but now you have received mercy. And the third contrast I want to point your attention to, verse 10, he also says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. And see, as I read that, I thought, well, that's that's a little bit different. Darkness and light, not receiving mercy and now receiving mercy, that's primarily about our vertical relationship with God. Like, God's called us out of our sin, He's brought us into right standing with Him, and we have a perfect and holy relationship with God, not based on us, but based on Jesus Christ, right? And that's primarily vertical, but this other contrast, Peter says, once you were not a people, but now you are. You see, the mercy of God has united imperfect people and invited us, not just into relationship with God, but with one another. Uh, that's what you see in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, many of you will know a few of those verses. Saved by grace through faith. right? And that's kind of a hallmark passage of the Bible. We have been saved by grace through faith, so, so we're together with God. But just a few verses later, Ephesians 2.14, it also says this. It says, We are all made one, and God has broken down not only walls between us and Him, but walls between us and one another, walls of hostility that had divided us horizontally, that now God has united us, not just with him, but with an us. And Peter, I love this, he says, God calls you out. He says, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God invites you, he's calling you into this relationship with himself and with one another. And notice, it's not based on your merit, it's based on His mercy. Once you were not a people, once you didn't receive mercy, now you have received mercy. God's inviting imperfect people into relationship with himself, into relationship with one another. It's so important that you know it's not your merit, but it's his mercy. You see, I remember when I was in college and just kind of really getting involved in the uncommon community of the church. And there was a guy named Jason. God bless his soul. He would invite me to church all the time, and I'd go to church casually with him. But he'd also invite me into this uncommon community, this diverse, unified people at his home, like a community group to study the Bible and care for one another together. And he would always invite me, and I would always say, Yeah, I'll I'll go to that. But then the night would come of that community group, Wednesday night, seven o'clock, whatever it was, and just a few minutes before seven as I planned to go to this community group, I would start to think about all the the sin that I had committed. I would start to think about all the things I had done and all the things I hadn't done. And I would picture in this community group, maybe you have thought this at one point, that, hey, I'm going to show up there and they're going to shine a bright light on me. And they're going to be like, tell us all the things you did last night, right? And I would just call uh, Jason right before the group and just make up something like, dude, I got to study. I can't come to the group. Because I thought that church and my relationship with God and my relationship horizontally with others was based on my merit, not God's mercy. And it caused me for years to honestly be estranged from the church. And I got to think some of you have felt that. Maybe you're feeling that right now, especially because we're not physically together in a room together. You've run into some sin and you've run into some shame. And Satan is speaking lies over you over and over. Hey, you're too far gone. Hey, you don't deserve to be with people. Hey, call somebody and pray with them. Like, you're not worthy of that. Like, that's for righteous people. That's for the people who dress nice and have everything together. That's not you. You can't be a part of this church. You know what? Hey, they're not meeting physically. Nobody will really know anyway. Why don't you just take a break from church? Why don't you just to continue to run into sin and yourself and into pleasures because you're not worthy, and maybe some some of you, you're feeling that right now, and you need to know, Peter makes it clear, God has called you out of darkness. He has invited you, and not based on your merit, based on His mercy. And He's connected you with God, with Himself, and with one another. He did that through His mercy. Not your mirror. The church is a place. We say it this way: it's an imperfect people, moved by the perfect love of Jesus. We don't go to church. We don't experience church even like this because we have it all together. We we do this because we don't, and we're recognizing collectively that we are joined together, and we need God and we need one another. Right? And so you're invited to participate in this. And what I love about what what Peter is talking about is we're not just a people. We're a people with a purpose. But if you look at the text again, he says in verse verse 9 that we're a people for God's own possession that, there's a purpose, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him. So here's what's amazing. Not only not by your merit, but His mercy has God connected you with one another He hasn't just brought us together to sing kumbaya together and just to hang out over some affinities. No, He's given us a purpose to proclaim the excellencies of God. Again, not based on your merit, not because you have it all together, but because of Christ in you, you can proclaim Christ. You can begin to proclaim, hey, Christ has, has called me out of darkness into His light. Christ has shown mercy to me. And you can begin to proclaim that to others. That is your calling, even in the midst of this chaotic time. Right? You know why we we miss singing together, like in the church building. You know why we miss being together and gathering together and, and and speaking truth to one another in love and hearing a sermon proclaimed. You know why we miss that because you are designed to be a proclaimer. We are a people but we're also proclaimers. God's given us that purpose together, and He still has. Even though we can't be in the church building, listen, you can stand up and sing during the times that we sing. I would encourage you at times, hey, actually sing. I know it's a little different, but you're designed to be a proclaimer of the excellencies of God. Stand up and sing. Speak to people around you. Speak truth. Proclaim to your neighbors. Invite them to church with you to join you online. It's never been easier to invite somebody and have them just click a button and join you, right? Be a proclaimer even in this time because you are invited into that by God, called out by God, not based on your merit, but His mercy. And so what step do you need to take? I believe God's calling us in these unprecedented times to have uncommon community what step do you need to take? Right? Maybe for some of you, it's it's merely just joining us online tonight at 7.30 p.m. for the churchwide Zoom. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's taking an additional step in joining a community group digitally via Zoom or Google Hangout or whatever. And I know we've seen that. I've been so encouraged, even in my community group, uh, to see a new family join us and to say things like, hey, we feel more connected to the church now than we did in the before time, right? And so that can happen. And what's your step? How can you not just participate? How can you proclaim the excellencies of God with one another? Right? That's what you were designed for. 59 times in the New Testament, we see one another, one another. Right? You were designed for uncommon community, not just community with God vertically, but community with one another. What step do you need to take uh, this morning? You know that puzzle, that Baby Yoda Mandalorian puzzle that we put together? Um, one of the things I, I realized with that puzzle is not only like, are, do all the pieces need one another like to fit together, they're not just needed, they're necessary. Right? You see, there, there were times where we'd be missing a piece and it had fallen on the floor, and the puzzle just doesn't work that way. Right? Or there'd be times where a piece was in a different part of the puzzle, and we had to take it out, hey, it doesn't go there, it goes here. Listen, the puzzle didn't just teach us that. Scripture teaches that about the the church. Like 1 Corinthians 12 teaches us that the body of Christ, the church, is made up of different members. And Paul even says in 1 Corinthians 12, hey, if we only have just these similar pieces like eyes, how will we hear? That we need, they're all necessary. All the different members of the body of Christ are necessary to make the church what it is. And you are a part of that. You need one another, but we're also necessary for one another to be the church. We need each other, right? And so God is calling us into that. And so let me pray. As we think about our next step, as we talk about that in our discussion questions now, let me pray for us. God, thank you uh, for your church. God, I thank you that even in the midst of these chaotic days, that we still can have uncommon community. And as many things as the coronavirus has taken away, It can't take away faith, hope, and love. It can't take away our our relationship with you. It can't take away our relationship with one another. Uh, God, we still are a diverse, unified, imperfect, invited people. That is true today. Even though the forms may change and we may be doing things online and through Zoom calls, God, the function has not changed. You have still called us to be the church. God, I thank you for Phoenix Bible Church. I pray that we would continue to be the church in profound ways during this time. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.